you can genuinely like and love, like or love the other person and still run into this dynamic because this isn't about how I feel about you. It's about how I relate to you. It's about how I attach to other people. It's about my relationship with trust, with intimacy, with safety, with vulnerability. It really doesn't have anything to do with you. And so I tell people often that I think it's almost more difficult in those relationships where you actually like each other, where you actually are like, wow, you're kind. Wow. I like you. Wow. I'm attracted to you. Wow. We get along like, wow. But it's a, but when it comes to these intimacy issues, these communication issues, you can still find yourself in a stalemate. So it really doesn't have a whole lot to do with how you feel about the other person. It's just how you attach to anybody. Hey y'all, welcome back to Boundaries and Grace. My name is Taylor Chandler and I'm your host. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and I am a coach. I help people break negative relationship patterns. Today we're talking about couples, okay? We're going to talk about the anxious avoidant couple. I recorded this on Instagram Live. It took two hours. The episode is split in half. On this first part, we're going to talk about the foundation plus the anxious type. And on the second part, we're going to talk about the avoidant type and then what both of you all have to do, be able to do together in order to heal to fix, to restructure, rewire this dynamic. Okay, so this is very much about couples, 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 couples. What happens when the anxious and the avoidant person pair up? I'm going to give you some tips, some things that you need to look out for as both the anxious and the avoidant type and how and some strategies for um, how you can make things better. Okay, we want to make things better. I really, I think this is going to be a really practical episode for you to apply. I'm noticing a pattern in this season. I'm seeing a lot of that, which I really, I love for me and I love for you too. All right, so I hope that you enjoy it. I will see you in the middle and I will see you at the end. Today, we're going to do anxious avoidant coaching. Like, I'm literally going to coach you through, like, as if you were an anxious and avoidant couple, okay, where one person is pursuing and one person is withdrawing, okay, whether you're flip flopping or you're being stuck in place. You see, I'm coming on here serious, don't you? You see, I'm coming on here serious. I have so much to tell you. I have so much to tell you. We have so much to go over. First things first, I'm going to go over a couple announcements before we get started. While some people can come in, come on in. While some people can come on in. Um, this weekend is D-Trigger. The workshop is free. Hey, y'all, the workshop is free. D-Trigger is on Saturday, August 6th at, <clears throat> let me get some water, 1130 a.m. Eastern time, okay? Saturday, August 6th, 1130 to 230 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, it's free, but it's going to cap, the room is going to cap at 100 so make sure that you, you, you get there on time. All right, so that's this Saturday. It's D-Trigger. That's going to be really exciting. There's going to be a replay available, so if you can't make it, you can buy the replay. It'll be about three hours long. That's good. Next thing, conceptually, the anxious avoidant problem, like if you don't know what that is, I recommend that you go back to season five where um, it's episode one because this is such a big deal. This is so many people. Okay, so the anxious avoidant problem is season five, episode one, and that's that's me going through like the concept of what it is. Okay, so especially if attachment is new for you, before you go into trying to figure out like how to change things, understand first just what it is. So go back to season five, episode one, and listen to the anxious avoidant problem. Are y'all ready? Did has anybody that's on here? Have y'all listened to that episode? Let me check the sound again real quick. Have y'all listened to the episode, the anxious avoidant problem? It's one of my favorite ones. Check, check. Are we ready to go? This is exciting. I wonder how long we're going to be here. I wonder how long we're going to be here. <clears throat> okay, so um, what else do I want to tell you? You know, I, got, I like to have you set up. I need to have you set up properly before we really get into the things. So before you start judging things like Azure, well, it's going to happen probably. So when you notice yourself starting to judge like yourself or another person when you're hearing these things, just check it and back up and just come back like with your listening ears. OK, I'm going to I'm going to treat this like a lecture style, like coaching. thing. I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to treat this like I'm going to treat this like um, like I'm literally coaching you. But I but there's no one talking back. All right, y'all. So we're going to do anxious avoidant coaching. This is what an anxious, an anxious person and an avoidant person need to know in order to bridge the gap between you. These are things that work. Okay. Hey, Coco. Um, so these are things that it's like, if you don't get this, then we're going to have a hard time. So I'm going to just give you some keys to the anxious avoidant dynamic. Here we go. We're going to first start with the things you need to understand. So 
tier two of the prologue. You know, I'm sorry, I got to set you up. So starting with some things to understand, then I'm going to focus on the anxious types because y'all can never wait your turn. And then we're going to go to the avoidant types. So what the anxious types really need to know, some strategies to apply and the avoidant types, which you really need to know and some strategies to apply. A couple of things that everybody needs to know for, and then what you all need to be able to do together in order to make this work. The anxious avoidant dynamic is tough. Okay. The anxious avoidant dynamic is tough, but it's workable if you got two people who are willing to work it. So first things first, you've got to have both people able and willing you know me, okay? If you don't, if both people are not able and if both people are not first just willing to work on this thing, you are going to, if you're the one that wants, and you would be if you're listening to this on the, on the recording or on live, okay? You would be the one who is wanting to try to fix things. If you know that they have no interest in that, this is not something, they don't want to work on it, they don't think that there's a problem, they think it's you, if if they're if they're not willing, none of the strategies will work. This is not a magic spell. This is a workable strategy. Okay? This is not this is not hocus pocus magic. You don't get to just like put this on somebody and they get and then they're going to be with you. You understand what I'm saying? Is everybody with me so far? Okay? This is not magic. It's not a spell. If you try this and someone doesn't want to be in a relationship with you, this ain't going to make them do it. Matter of fact, they're probably going to get more irritated. They might be up out that thing even quicker than before. So just note that someone must be willing to do this with you. Your desire is not going to overcome their resistance. Okay. They have to be, everyone's got to be able, we're, we're all adults here. Everyone's got to be able to come to their own decision, come to their decisions on their own without feeling like they were manipulated into it, pushed into it. Because even if they agree, even if your manipulation works, hear me out. Even if your control works, eventually they're going to resent you because, or they're going to fall back into their old patterns because it wasn't a genuine change. You understand what I'm saying? Thank you, Ruben. I appreciate it. Good to see you. Hello, y'all. Okay, so there's that. Next thing. What the anxious avoid, I want you, this is just kind of what it is. It's a negative feedback loop where both people are doing exactly what the other hates. It's a negative feedback loop where both people are doing exactly what the other hates hates exactly what triggers the other person and it and it just goes around and around and again and again and it's a it's a mess and both people are like if you would just stop we would never have this problem if you would just do what I told you to do we wouldn't have this issue um so it's a really polarizing dynamic okay really polarizing dynamic where they where it feels like we it's a stalemate here's the second point of that it doesn't mean that you don't like each other you can genuinely like and love like or love the other person and still run into this dynamic because this isn't about how I feel about you it's about how I relate to you it's about how I attach to other people it's about my relationship with trust with intimacy with safety with vulnerability it really doesn't have anything to do with you and so I tell people often that I think it's almost more difficult in those relationships where you actually like each other where you actually are like wow you're kind wow I like you wow I'm attracted to you wow we get along like wow but it's a but when it comes to these intimacy issues these communication issues you can still find yourself in a stalemate so it really doesn't have a whole lot to do with how you feel about the other person it's just how you attach to anybody okay are we, are we, we're, this is good so far and we, we're good I feel it I feel it I think we're on a roll I'm, I feel these little earrings jangling jangling Okay, because I'm excited. I have a lot to say to you. We're not even in it yet. Okay, next thing you need to understand. Oh, by the way, understand this. Oh, I'm excited. Nothing beats the attachment system. Nothing beats the attachment system. Your desire does not beat the attachment system. You even, nothing beats the attachment system. Okay, how much you like the other person. Your marriage does not beat the attachment system. That's right. I said that. Mm. Your marriage does not beat your attachment system. Y'all having kids don't beat your attachment system. You getting a divorce doesn't fix your attachment system. Amen. Are y'all feel me? Y'all feel you understand? We're going somewhere tonight. Okay. Nothing beats the attachment system without intervention. Nothing beats the attachment system without intervention. You have to enter, you have to intervene on the pattern or it just goes and goes and goes no matter how much you want it to stop. Y'all with me? Does the attachment dynamic influence the couple's perception of how much they love each other? Absolutely. So if we're always in a conflict, now I'm wondering, do I really like you? Have I been faking it the whole time? Am I, is this just easy for me? Or is it, so it just gets all confused. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to affect 
the way I, um, the way my perception of how much I love each other. On the other hand, how about the fearful avoid this push pull dynamic where when the other person goes, the attach, the anxious attachment is activated and that can affect my perception. That might make me feel like I actually love you more when really it's my activated attachment. So absolutely it distorts the way that I think it, it distorts my perception of you, distorts what I, how my perception of my perception. Okay. So this stuff just gets all tangled up y'all. And this is why we've got to get this thing in order. Okay, because a lot of things go wrong when the attachment system is messed up. All right? What else we got? Last thing, and then we're going to go into the three things that the anxious types need to be able to do, okay? Mm, you, regardless of what the other person does or doesn't do, you need to do the right thing. Okay? Regardless of what the other person does or doesn't do, your secure attachment is about you becoming a healthier individual. If you are in a relationship, it will positively affect the relationship. But your good behavior, your healthy relating shouldn't be contingent on someone else doing the right thing. Okay, you've got to do this thing for you do the right thing regardless where this usually plays in when someone is actively like trying to figure this out with the other person is you is you know that the right thing to do in a situation as you're working through it like you're something it's triggered and now you're it's time to see if you're going to like start to um use the right strategies use the strategies that you learned right but the way that this comes the way that this becomes an issue is that you wait until the other person shows that they're interested in being healthy in that moment and then you'll be healthy. You wait for the other person to show their cards before you put yours down. You hold your healthy behavior tight to your chest because you're using it as a bargaining chip rather than being authentically like acting in integrity, like actually wanting to do the right thing because it is the right thing to do. So you don't, you, we don't use these things as manipulative strategies, y'all. You gotta be able to do the right thing regardless. It will always backfire on you if you withhold the right thing, period. Like in any context, okay? So don't try to, don't withhold the right thing just because the other person is tripping in that moment, okay? You've gotta do the right thing regardless. And seriously, it helps to build your confidence and your self-esteem to see yourself behave without being so reactive. Like you have to, when you're made the, when you've made the decision that you're going to be healthy, period, regardless of if the other person applies the strategies, regardless if the other person is going to be willing that day or not, you build your confidence and your self-esteem. Okay. You start to practice being non-reactive. That's you taking your power back. Okay, without force, like that it's just you just behaving like a good person. Okay, you see what I'm saying? Are we ready to move on? I don't, this is going to distract me. I'm going to take these out. Yeah, the lives are going to get saved. The lives are going to get saved. All right. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Anxious types, let's, let's do you first because you're going to be so stressed if I don't. Are we ready? How are we doing so far? Um, let's check the comments. Anybody? Are y'all, everybody just sitting back and listening? What's going on? Oh, Chloe, thanks. I appreciate that. I see that. Thank you. You know what Chloe said, y'all? If you're listening to this recording, she said, you've been the most helpful person I've followed who talks about this. Thank you for all that you do. That is so nice. Anxious people, let's do it. Anxious preoccupied types. If you don't know what attachment styles are, you need to go ahead and buy. We don't have time. I need you to go ahead and buy the buy the attachment style workshop. Go uh, go back in the Instagram, read some things. Go back and listen to the anxious avoidant problem. I don't have time to detail all the attachment styles tonight. We're doing strategy. We're doing coaching tonight. Anxious types. Here we go. Number one, you need to understand this. You are probably you are probably overreacting. In your conflict with your uh, dismissive, avoidant, avoidant, inclined person, okay, you've got to understand you are probably overreacting. I know how this sounds. That's why I want to. I want to just start here. You're probably overreacting. This is what's going to sound like gaslighting. You're probably overreacting. I know you don't want to be minimized and dismissed. You're probably overreacting. You're probably overreacting. One of the big cognitive distortions that anxious types fall into. One of those traps is jumping to conclusions. 
jumping to conclusions. You are probably overreacting in conflict with your person. You're looking for signs. You're looking for clues that something has changed. You're tuning into the tone of voice, the frequency of contact. You're threatened by outside interests. You're picking up on clues to try to determine how close or far away your person is. Okay, the good morning text, when it turns into a good afternoon text, it's the problem, right? You're, you are, you are hyper vigilant looking for subtle changes in the, that's right, looking for subtle changes in the relationship. Okay, you are on edge. And here's the thing it's not that something isn't happening. I never say that. I, I will not, I will not set you up like that. I will never say that he's not cheating. I will never say that she's not stepping. I will never say that. What I will say is, how do we know? We need evidence. Okay. And I don't mean, no, 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 that is not because I know, I know the type and I, I have you as my clients. I'm not talking about getting it in covert and illegal ways. And I'm serious. I'm saying this for myself legally. And I'm saying this for you too. Okay, this is this is I'm not saying that you need to go. You are not a private investigator. Don't act like one. Okay, don't. No, 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 no. That's the first thing. When I say that you don't know, I'm talking about having a conversation with the other person. Like have they, you should be able to converse about some of these things that you are finding concerning because there might be genuine concerns. But what we can't do, what we've got to curb is that jumping to conclusions and assuming that something really bad is happening. It's usually along the lines of rejection and abandonment, right? Like someone has changed their mind about me. Someone is about to leave me. Someone is cheating on me. Someone has chosen someone other than me. And so instead of jumping to those conclusions, which are really about fears and triggers in the back. Oh, I'm on a roll, which are really about fears and triggers in the back. We're going to actually start to have conversations with the other person. Are you with me? Okay. So it's not that nothing is happening. It's not that if, when the frequency of contact drops or you never hear from them after eight o'clock anymore, it's not that nothing is happening. It's that we need to take a beat. Okay. We need to have some space between the offense or the perceived offense and the, and the, either like a, like in the whatever, the blow up. Okay. We need to have a space in there for some, for some dialogue. Okay. For some exploring. Mm-hmm. Ready. Okay. Y'all are following along. This is good. This is good. Welcome. Welcome. Now, why does this happen? Y'all? Why does this happen? Um, Something may really have happened in the past, like with a parent or an ex, something like that, um, where someone suddenly left, where someone said, where someone really did change their mind about you abruptly. Okay, where it was one thing on Monday and it was something totally different on Tuesday, right? Those things legitimately happen. So something may really have happened. Okay, sometimes bad things genuinely do happen to good people. I had someone just this past, just recently. Uh, say, well, take, like I was explaining something, a, a negative um, experience that I had. And the question was, well, like, what did you do to attract that? Right. And I understand the question. I understand where you're going with it. But in this case, I mean, it was really like, no, like, seriously, like it was, it's like someone stealing your bike. Like, did I do something to attract you, like stealing my bike? Or do some people just steal bikes? You know, so sometimes some things, bad things just happen. Um. It's happened to all of us in some kind of capacity. The issue is that when we over anxious types, the issue is when we overgeneralize to make uh, to to the entire population or the vast majority of a population. <laughs> okay, so where something genuinely happened that was relationally traumatic, but then we behave as if it is always happening, or I never get a break from it happening, or there's no chance that it won't happen. That's our. That's the fear. Just overly generalized to. Too many people and too many times, okay? And it makes you paranoid and fearful of attempting to connect. Y'all with me? Are we getting it? Are we hearing it? Are you taking notes? Here's the next thing. Anxious types, you're probably overreacting. So we might, so something really may have happened. You may be overgeneralizing and you're being so hypervigilant of other people because you refuse to take, I know this is going to hurt. And I know this might sound like gaslighting. And I know y'all real, I know anxious type. We always be thinking we begin being gaslit. Someone's always misleading us. So if you can't trust me on this, we have, we have a, you have a different problem. 
Okay, so right here, pause. If you think that I'm trying to make anybody sound crazy or I'm trying to lead you down the wrong road or try to make you take responsibility for something that isn't yours, if you can't trust me, and I know we haven't met, but you know what's up, right? If you if you can't trust me, you have a different problem. I that's outside of my that's outside of my scope of practice. Okay? Here we go. Understand that sometimes we're really hypervigilant of other people because we haven't taken personal accountability for ourselves ignoring the red flags, ignoring the red flags, going back to people that you have no reason to go back to. Okay, just doing it, just doing it because you're lonely, because you haven't you haven't healed your childhood trauma, stuff that has nothing to do with them. Right. That's a lack of personal accountability. Right. And so and even and even taking responsibility for not knowing that you deserved better. Even that is yours. Even if no one told, it's, it's your experience of yourself that didn't know that you deserved better. Even that experience of yourself is yours. I don't care how it starts right now. When we're doing coaching today, okay? I'm not giving you holistic. I'm giving you forward, okay? I'm giving you forward. I don't, this is where I have to say, this is where we say, I don't care how it started. I don't care who did it, who did what, or who didn't do what. The point is, right now, today, this experience is yours. And anxious types, although we do need to process that past stuff and we got a space for that. Healing childhood, you buy the workshop. Okay, we have a space for that. And so I, I leave room that for that for you, but I got to move you forward. I, we can't keep cycling, okay? We can't keep cycling. And so we've got to understand that we have some personal accountability to take for the decisions that we've made regardless of why we made – why we – came up why we developed that decision-making system regardless of how it started it's still yours are you with me somebody say amen in the house of attachment are we here you understand this is about to get really interesting we're only on number one of we have like seven points to go through this is big a lot of information probably got to split this podcast Y'all got it? Excellent, excellent. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Here's the other reason why you might be uh, you might be coming, like the overreaction might be happening. Something may really be going on, right? Some, you, there might be a legitimate offense. They might, there might be a legitimate offense, or they might, they might have, they, whatever. There might be a legitimate, whatever it is. I'm going to go ahead and keep it simple. But, the way you make it dramatic, and I know how it sounds, and I know that we don't like to be called dramatic and sensitive, but I said I'm not giving you holistic, I'm moving you forward, okay? And I know you don't like certain words, people don't like certain adjectives. Listen, but the way, I'm going to say it anyway, but the way you make, even when there is an offense, the way we make it dramatic ruins your chances of getting on the same page, especially when if you have an avoidant type partner. And that's really what we're talking about. So for sure, when you, avoidance do not want to, they will not, they will not communicate in chaos. Anxious types make the chaos and communicate all through it. Okay, it's like, you don't care if there, there's bonds going on, there are all kinds of stuff going on. Choo, choo, missiles, rain, thunder, lightning, and you're still like, let's talk about this. Avoidance aren't gonna aren't, aren't communicating in chaos. They're up out of that thing. Okay? So the way so we're talking about anxious avoidant, right? That you gotta understand. I, I should have said this at the beginning. Well, you gotta understand, if you're in an anxious avoidant dynamic, you are going to be like your when you start this thing, the ideal relationship, you've got to knock it down some notches. And I know how it sounds, but I'm trying to move you forward. It's not all, it's not like the anxious avoidant dynamic is like not a fantasy. You might be a sexual fantasy, like, cause you can have some real com- conflict kind of energy and that can translate really well. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, but what I'm saying is that, um, the dynamic itself just causes so many problems and it can be worked through. Okay. It can be worked through, but your ideal communication is you are not going to get that. I ha- you've got to just, this is why they pay me the big bucks. Cause I'm going to tell you straight up. I'm not going to, I can't sell you a fantasy, your ideal communication avoidance. You are not going to get as much, but you want, I, you want to be on an Island in a relationship. You're not going to get as much 
space as you want all the time. Anxious types, you are not going to get as much contact, connect as much as you want. We are going to move you to a satisfactory range. We're going to adjust expectations. We're going to appreciate what we got. We're going to build other ways to connect. We're going to forgive and give grace at all times. That's how anxious and avoidant types get together. It's not because the anxious type turns avoidant and it's not because the avoidant type turns anxious. It's because both people work towards a level of reasonability. Okay. And I should have said like the anxious type doesn't turn into the avoidance ideal. The avoidant type doesn't turn into the anxious types ideal. We get to a level of reasonability. Okay. It takes compromise. It takes negotiation. So you got to know that from the jump. You got to know that from the jump, whatever you think, whatever your ideal for them to turn into, you've got to adjust those expectations. They pay me the big bucks. because I'm going to tell you the truth. You can only operate in reality. Everything up fantasy land ain't getting you nowhere. You're going to be frustrated and stuck and wasting your money. Okay. So pop the bubble, pop the bubble, pop the bubble and be like, what are we really working with? Okay. And again, you can work with it and you start to work when you start working as a team, it feels really good. And so you have to also understand you don't need someone to be the anxious types ideal. You don't, you don't need that. The avoidant types ideal. You don't necessarily, you don't need that to be satisfied. We think that we do. And then we adjust. Okay. We come to a level of reasonability. Are you all understanding this? You're going to work with me. You got to be reasonable. You got to be fair. You got to be forgiving. You got to be a high level human. You got to be principle driven. Okay. Because it's not going to, it's not, you're not going to get everything you want when we're talking about the anxious avoidant dynamic. You're not going to get everything that you want. So you have to be willing to do the right thing regardless. Okay. You cannot be selfish in the anxious avoidant dynamic. You cannot, you cannot, you've got to be giving. Okay. You don't have to change who you are, but we've got to get some of those higher level principles of relating in there or we don't have a chance. Okay. This is our agreement. All right. So how do we solve this? Um, when we're talking about overgeneralizing things, let me put this phone on. Do not disturb real quick. Forgot. Okay. We still here. All right, um, here's the solve. Um, so anxious types, in order for you to de-trigger, right? Like part of that is going to therapy. So when you're not, when, so we don't, when we don't want to overgeneralize anymore, right? We don't want to keep bringing the past into the present and making people pay for it, right? So you have to go to therapy. This is, a, so knowing that there's something in your past that needs to be dealt with is very different from going through the emotional process of massaging that knot out of your heart, okay? You got to go to therapy. It's a, it's a professional situation, this is a professional situation. We are extracting the tumor. I don't need you to, you can't just know where the tumor is. I need, I need to, we need to get, we need to, okay, we need to splice into that thing. We need to splice into that thing. All right. So I need to surgically, I need to extract the trigger tumor. You can't just know that, oh, I'm mirroring the relationship with my daddy. Oh, I'm mirroring the relationship with my mother. Oh, my, all my, um, all the women on my mother's side were codependent. That's why I'm codependent. Great awareness. But we gotta, we gotta flip some things around. So you, you gotta go to therapy. Okay. Get these past issues up, up out of there. What does that look like in therapy? It's going to look like you're going to resentment. We got to deal with the resentment. We got to deal with the sadness. We got to deal with the anger. Towards those individuals who were involved in those prior relational traumas. So it's like, what does it really look like to go back over the past stuff, right? That's what's going to look like. It's going to look like you need to be, you, we, you, we got to get the anger about you. We got to get the sadness about you. We got to get the resentment about you. Okay. So what does it look like in therapy? You got to get that, get that resentment, get that sadness, get that anger up out you. Okay. We've got to deal. So the, and those feelings are towards those people who had the original relational traumas with you, okay, that are especially surrounding rejection and abandonment. Okay, well, with those issues, we're not just going to bring them up. We're not just going to bring them up and then, like, leave them there. We need to resolve them. So what does that mean to resolve them? We need to accept what's happened instead of fighting against it or acting like it's not there. Come up out that river of denial, 
fish you up out that river of denial. We're not going to act like nothing happened or something when things happen. Okay. So in some cases, we're just, in, for a lot of people, it's identifying that something happened at all because a lot of people are just experiencing the manifested, like their adult issues and truly not recognizing the attachment traumas that happen in childhood. That's plenty of people. So if that's you, no problem. We can handle this. No problem. We can handle this. You don't have to know where it started. That's why there's people like me to help you recognize those things. And in the Healing Childhood Workshop, we go over those things. So if you don't want to do sessions with me or somebody else, you can start there. Okay, and that'll help you to identify what are some of these relational traumas that then manifest as anxiety or avoidance or a mixture of both. You got it? Okay, when we start to resolve these things and massage that those emotional, relational, traumatic, or those traumatic, those the relationally traumatic knots in your system. Okay. That's what stops the repetition. So we got to massage that thing out. So we don't keep repeating these same things. We don't keep re repeating those same loops. <laughs> hey y'all, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I think I say that every time because I, I, it's true. I'm really enjoying this. I like, I love listening back to it. Um, another pattern I'm noticing in this, you know, before, um, let me tell y'all, you know, before this season, it, it was literally during this season that I got okay with myself with like going back over my episodes. I was like, Oh, I kind of, I'm kind of liking this as I'm editing them. I'm like, Oh, this sounds really good. I'm enjoying it. But before this season, I really didn't feel like that. I had to edit my podcast in like 15 minute, um, like segments because I just didn't even want to listen to myself all the way through. So trust me. Um, things like self-doubt, things like getting down on yourself about stuff, you know, it happens to all of us. It's just a matter of, are you going to push through it or not? Because no one is exempt. All right. Just a little side, just a little side word for you. Just a little side word. All right. I'm going to pass around the offering bucket. First pass of the offering bucket. Y'all, if you're getting something out of this, I really appreciate all of you who have given already. Thank you. And if you would like to give in some kind of way, throw a five over here. If you hear something that you like, I want cash app, Venmo, PayPal. Okay, on Cash App, it's Tay Chand with a D on the end. And on PayPal and Venmo, you can search Taylor at ThreshCoach.com. All of those things are linked in the show notes as well and also in my Instagram bio. Thank you so much for giving. Thank you so much for listening. Let's continue. Now, with the present offense, now, the thing that when anxious types, when like the overreaction in present time offenses, so let's take the past thing out of it. Are y'all still following me? Anxious types. So let's take the past thing out of it. When you really have a present offense to deal with, here's what you need to pay attention to. You've got to learn self-soothing, self-soothing before you approach, self-soothing before you approach, self-soothing before you approach. Too often, most of the time, anxious types. You're just, you're cued by the feeling, you're cued by the irritation, the disappointment, the anger, the sadness, and you are approaching before you're ready. And so then you're bringing somebody into your mess. You haven't even, you don't even know what you're talking about. You don't even know what you're calling for. You don't know why you're there. You don't know why you're knocking on the door. You're just there. And now you're caught. Now we've got two problems. You got one problem in you and now you got the second problem that you brought that you now you brought them into it and you don't even know what's really going on with yourself. It's irritating for people. It's irritating for people. I said I'm not going holistic. We're going forward tonight. OK, it's irritating. So you've got to self-soothe before you approach, especially when you're with an avoidant type. We said a couple minutes ago, you're going to have to compromise some stuff. You're going to have to compromise some stuff. You want somebody that reads the room and cues and all kinds of your body language and stuff. That's not them. That's not them. It's not going to happen. So these are the kinds of things that we've got to be able to adjust our expectations on. Okay. Y'all with me? Sounds a little bit different, right? Because we're going to coaching tonight. We're going strategy. We're going forward. Okay. I don't, this is not about understanding a whole bunch of stuff tonight. This is about what you got to do. Period. Okay. I'm excited. Self-soothe before the approach. Anxious types, you've got a hyperactive nervous system. This causes you to get aggressive. Okay. It can, you can get aggressive. And I know you don't think that just you think sometimes people think that just because they're not barking at somebody, don't take offense, just because you're not barking at somebody, you're not being aggressive. Sometimes it's like an aggressive overflow of emotions. And it's like a whoa, it's like dark, like your tears feel, feel like darts to somebody. They feel like bullets because it's so much and it's so dramatic and forceful. So 
aggression isn't always like this big dog thing. Sometimes it's just like a dramatic, forceful impact that you're having, okay? So you tend to do that. Word vomit. You go into detail after detail after detail. Word vomit. People have too, you give too much information for somebody to process through at one time. It's too much. Okay? You also are at super sensitive. So you're aggressive and sensitive. It's a bad situation. It's a bad situation. You're aggressive and sensitive. So when any, when they say, when somebody says anything, it's like, oh my gosh, now you're hurting me. And now they got to take care of you. It's like, you got a problem and now you're hurt and it's just too much going on. So you got to self-soothe before the approach. Are you with me? Can you do this? Can you do this? Can somebody say yes? Can somebody say amen? Can you do that? This is what you're going to have to do if you're an anxious type. If you're not willing to do it, we got a big problem. Especially if you're going to be with an avoidant type. These are things you must learn. This is a strategy. You got to follow the protocol. You got to follow the protocol. All right. Good. Hey, Tamika. Okay, good, 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 good. Why does that happen, y'all? Why are you getting so sensitive? When we're experiencing a trigger, right brain goes up, left brain goes down. Left brain is like logic and reasoning. Right brain is emotion and like senses. And so when we're feeling triggered, our right brain is trying to pick up cues in the environment. Your anxious type is already inclined to be doing that more than others. So then when you're triggered, it's bop, bop. It's bop, bop. It's a double up. Okay, so you're super sensitive and super aggressive, trying to fight, doing defensive, being offensive and defensive at the same time. You all over the place. You all over the place. That's why you got to calm down. Right brain's going, but just so you know, right brain's going up, left brain's going down. So you are especially unreasonable at this time. You are especially unreasonable at this time. Nailing in the head. Thank you very much. How do we self-soothe? Come to the workshop. Come to D-Trigger on Saturday. The 6th is free. Show up. If you can't be there, you need to buy the replay. There is no reason that anybody should be leaving with any questions. Okay, there is a place for everybody. You either going to one on ones, you're going to reattach, you're going to the free workshop, or you're buying the workshop. Nobody should be leaving with any questions. There is something for everybody. There's a way to get to everything. Okay, there is no reason that anybody should be leaving this thing. And I'm not talking about this live or this podcast recording in and of itself. But if you're going through all of the resources that I have, there is no reason you shouldn't be fixing this thing. Besides your own ego, sidebar, besides your own ego that doesn't think that you need to change this or that, or you're going to try to get away and take a little shortcut, or I didn't like the way Taylor said this or that, and I shouldn't have to give up this or that, and that's your ego, and that's what doesn't solve the problem, okay? So if you, there is no reason that anybody that wants to solve this thing shouldn't be able to do it. If you can't do it, it's ego that's getting in the way. Ego and consistency, you aren't showing up enough. Let's come back on track. I'm not going holistic. We're going forward tonight. Now, when you're dealing with the present offense, the point is that, and you're self-soothing, the point is not to erase the offense. The point is not to erase the offense. The point is to extract the excess. Anxious types, when you're going into these situations, all dramatic and whoop-de-whoop and rah-rah, okay, It's too much. It's chaotic. It's chaotic. It's not that you might not have a point. Oftentimes you do. We're not trying to erase what might have really happened, but we cannot handle the problem when there's all, there's too much stimuli. It's too much, too much on the table. I want you to extract the excess, take the dramatics down. Okay, and we've got to learn how to focus on the problem at hand. I call it express and request, join, reattach, and I'll teach you the strategy. Here we go. Number two, be specific. When you have a present offense, anxious types, you've got to be specific. Okay, too often anxious types, you go into the conversation, I'm hurt, I feel bad. I want to feel special. You don't pay it, you you don't, I, I feel like um, I, you're not. you're not doing enough. It's too abstract, and you know what you're talking about, maybe, okay, or you're just cued by the feeling and just saying it, but you've got to point to direct incidents. I'm not talking about with just anybody. We're talking about the anxious avoidant matchup, right? So especially with avoidant types, you have got to be specific. They are not finna read between the lines. It's not going to happen. I said I'm doing coaching tonight. Okay, I got to be real with you. And if you've worked with me and some of you are here, you know that I'm just going to tell you is some things are just not going to work. Anxious types, you've got to stop relying on cues and signals and you sending cues from third base. What are you talking about? 
what are you talking about? Because what the avoidant type does is they're like, I don't read that language. I'm finna go. (laughs) Okay. And now you're sad. Now you're sad. Now you're upset. So we cannot rely on reading between the lines and then picking up clues and cues and all kinds of stuff. It's not going to happen, especially with the avoidant type. Understand, you've got to be specific. If you can't point to the direct incident, you make this thing confusing as H (laughs) because you're talking about feelings that they do not feel. It's not that they don't have feelings. It's that they don't feel the same way that you feel about everything that you feel about it. You know what I'm saying? Here's what one of the issues for the anxious types. You want the other person to feel what you're feeling at the exact time that you're feeling it. And when they don't, you call it abandonment or like toxic or they don't care. But someone doesn't have to feel what you feel at the same time that you're feeling it to love you, to care for you, to want to understand you. When you try to make somebody feel, feel sad or make somebody feel mad or make somebody feel anything. It's going to backfire, especially with an avoidant type. You get strong arm. They up out that thing. It's not going to happen because you're being intrusive. You're being emotionally invasive. Okay. So you can't just rely on saying, well, I feel sad because they don't, they're not relating to the sadness in that moment. You've got to be able to point to direct incidents that you're talking about. Are y'all with me? Can you do that? Somebody say yes. Can you do that? Can you be specific instead of relying on abstract feelings or clues? You slamming doors looking crazy. Um, I'll say this really quick, Tyru, because I like to just kind of p- point out something that is irritating to me. That's because the reason why it's irritating, it's not, it's not personally irritating, it's professionally irritating because I keep saying that, um, when you do this kind of work, waiting for the other, trying to see if the other person is going to do the right thing, you've already lost. You've already lost. You've already lost. If I'm only willing to do the right thing, if I get a guarantee that you're going to do the right thing, you've already lost. You're still, you're still being owned by the other person. That other person determines your character, your, your, your will, your willfulness, your effort, your, that other person owns you because you only behave well when they behave well. Here's some common issues, anxious types, before we move on to um, the avoidance. Here's some things that get in y'all's way. Common issue, I can't say this to him or her. They'll get mad or leave the conversation. All this sounds great, Taylor, but you don't know my husband. All this sounds great, Taylor, but like you don't know my girlfriend. All this sounds great, but so common issue. Here we go. I can't say this to him or her because they'll get mad or leave the conversation. We'll say this. If the other person really isn't willing to engage in conversation with you, we have nothing. Now, if you're married, we have an exception because you're legally married. Okay, that is a different conversation. I'm not getting into that part. Okay, I'm not getting into that part. But if the if you are not legally bound with to a person and they're they're not willing to engage in a conversation at all, we there. I mean, we just really don't have anything. When we're talking about marriage, there's some other things that we have to talk about because there's there's just context. There's context. Um, so. Another thing about this, like, so I'm going to speak to the truth of that kind of statement first, okay? Like, legitimately, that you really feel like you can't say this to him or her because they're going to get mad and leave the conversation. I'm speaking to the truth of it, that um, truly, if someone's not willing to engage in conversation, we have, we're going to have an incredibly hard time, if not impossible, especially if you're not married. And then the next thing about this is that um, that's why one of the reasons why therapy is so helpful, because we de-escalate in real time. We catch these triggers happening in real time. Okay, so I'm going to speak to the truth of that statement first. 
Now I'm going to speak to why that could be not a helpful way to think about it. Okay. I'm saying that in the nicest way possible. Um, you, I want you to take into consideration that if you're thinking that you cannot um, do this with your person because they're going to get mad or just withdraw, I want you to, t- this is the personal accountability part. I'm not denying that they're really making it difficult for you. I'm not going to deny that. What I am going to say is that I want you to take responsibility for the fact that you have most likely gone at this really poorly. I mean, if you, and I understand. Okay, when we do, when we're in insecure attachment, we do not communicate well. And so when you're thinking like, oh my gosh, I've done, I've tried this so many times before, they're just going to get mad. Understand that you probably have blamed and criticized or done things in a way that has legitimately triggered someone to respond to you in a way that actually makes sense. Like it would make sense that someone shuts down after getting 10 pair, t- 10 paragraphs of a text message. It makes sense that someone doesn't reply. Or it makes sense that you're blocked. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I want you to understand that you do have a role. And it's more helpful for you to focus on that part than their issue. Okay. Got it. Now, the workshop's on um, on Zoom, but the link is on in my bio. Um, also, so I'll say the last thing about this, about this, uh, part about not being able to say this to a, to the person anxious types. I'm talking to you. I want you to understand that if you are not willing to risk, we have nothing. If you are not willing to risk that when you try to communicate in a new way, that it might not go the way that you want it to go, that it might not be perfect. You've got to be willing to risk. This is a risky, this is a risky situation. The anxious avoidant dynamic, by the time people get into therapy, it has gotten spicy. It has gotten hot. It has gotten tense. People are fed up. Okay, people are fed up. And so everything feels risky. Opening up feels risky. Going away feels risky. Everything feels risky to to anxious avoidant people. We are on edge. All right. So you have got to accept this as a fact of doing this work. If you want to work on this anxious avoidant dynamic, you've got to be willing to take the risk. It's all going to feel risky at first. This is one of those things that's just not going to get away from it. So the quicker that you accept it, genuinely, like, really say, like, okay, like, I'm resolved in that. I'm willing to do that. I want to do that. As the quicker we can get there, the quicker we can move forward, okay? But if you are not willing to risk, if you've got to feel totally comfortable in order to do this, we're going to have an incredibly hard time. It's going to take you a very long time to do this. Okay? So there are some things we've just got to accept on the front end so that we I don't delay you in the middle, on the back end. I don't want a bottleneck, okay? I got to get something. We got to get some things right up front. These are things that you cannot miss. You cannot miss. If any, if these things are out of order, like, I know we're going to have big problems. So we got to handle this thing on the front end, okay? The relationship must be worth the risk. You've got to be willing to take risks. This work requires a lot of risk. Get over it as quickly as possible, Understanding that we said we were talking about this at the beginning, people end up feeling confident when you witness yourself taking the risk. That's how we build confidence was what we do things that are hard and you succeed and then we feel good about ourselves. That's how you control your environment in that way. I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to do everything that I can to succeed. I'm going to watch myself succeed. I'm going to track my win. And every time I do that, my confidence is just boom, 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 boom. Okay, so it's risky, it's scary to do it, but the reward is exponentially greater. Okay, you got to understand and you confidence is what you need. So we've got to risk in order to get confident. We don't get confident doing the things that we've always done. That's nothing to that. There's nothing to that. Okay, it takes nothing. Stagnation makes people sick. Anything that is stagnant makes people sick. Emotions being stagnant makes people sick. Financial financial stagnation makes people sick. Okay? Not moving, not exercising makes people sick. You've got to move. You cannot stay in place and just hope that something's going to change. You cannot you've got to be you cannot wait for the other person to move. If you don't move, you're making us sick. I'm talking coaching tonight. We're going forward. I can't worry about all the feelings right now. We got to go. Okay, so this is the kind of thing you've got to understand. 
If you are stagnating, you're making me sick. You're making us sick. You're making this dynamic sick. If you are not actively moving forward, if you are not taking that progression, the, all the responsibility for the progression, all the responsibility you can, if you're not scooping all that up, you are my problem. You are in my way. Okay. So anybody who's got their heels dug in the ground and will not be, and is not willing to be flexible anywhere that you're not willing to be flexible, you're in our way. You've got to get, and so there's always some, like some, ten, there's always some hard spots. Okay. There's always some hard spots. That's normal. Nobody is totally loosey goosey noodle woodle, right? <laughs> no one is that in every area, but you've got to take responsibility for the parts where you, where you tight. Okay, where you're tight, that's your you holding us up. And it's not a judgment, but you got to understand your responsibility in this dynamic. Everywhere where you are digging your heels into the ground, you keeping us stuck, okay? Second issue that gets in the way, common issue. I don't know what to ask for. I just know I'm tired of it. I don't know what to ask for. I just know I'm tired of it. First of all, you're being lazy. I'm not talking holistic. I'm going forward tonight. It's lazy. Okay, it's lazy. I know you're tired, ain't? But come on now, come on. Seriously, this is where we got to get. This is where. Let's come on. I don't know. I'm just so tired of it. If you that tired, if you seriously, if you that tired to where you just ain't got nothing left, get up out. Get up off my Zoom. Honestly, get up off my. You gotta get up off my Zoom as quick. I'm going. I lower my voice for you though. I'll say, get up off my Zoom. I'm gonna refund you. You get get up off my Zoom. If you if you are so exhausted that with the relationship that you cannot put forth any energy, it has gotten too draining for you. It is unhealthy for you. It is too toxic. There's no reason for us to continue. If you are that tired to where you will not do anything until you met, but when the other person comes forward, now you're ready to come. Come on, source your own energy. Get some. Get get up. Get up. You cannot be so lazy to sit back and wait for the thing to change. If you've been in it, you got to take respo- take responsibility for the eight years you've been in it. Take responsibility for the 20 years you've been in it. Take responsibility for the 30 days you've been in it. Okay. And that helps to give that, that gives you power. We feel powerless when it feels like you've done dragged me for three years. But when I say I've chosen to be here, I didn't know any better. And even when I did, I still didn't make the right decision. At least I got my power back. Otherwise, I, I still, you own me. You've been dragging me. At least flip it and say, I was walking along with you. Okay. Stop being dragged because you're not, you, you like hitched yourself up. Hitch yourself up to their wagon, but you right on there with them. You you hitching yourself up every day, but you will always feel drained and powerless with no energy when it feels like you just been dragging me for years. No, you walked right along with them for however long you've been with them. Two weeks, two years, 28 years. I don't care. But people come with that attitude when they haven't taken responsibility because you think that somebody's been sucking you dry and you had nothing to do with it. So you're so tired. If you're going to keep that mindset, you got to get up off my Zoom. That's not going to work out. You've got to. So when you do feel like that, understand you got to slow down. You got to slow. We're going to slow down that frustration. We're going to slow down your frustration. I'm trying to keep, I'm trying to keep you on the zoom. I'm trying to keep you, I'm trying to keep you in. I'm trying to show you how to, so you can stay in. Okay. We've got to be able to slow down the frustration. You've got to be willing to explore. You got to be willing to explore when you have gotten tired and exhausted. You just dead fish. You got to get up. We got to explore this thing. We got to see what's going on. What do you mean? What is my zoom? I can't put my zoom link in. I'm on a live. I'm on a podcast. You got to go into my bio and click the link. Come on y'all. We're in a different mood. We're in a different, we're in a different, we're in coaching lane tonight. Okay. So come on. Um, you've got to be willing to explore. You got to, we had to slow down that frustration. We've got to be more, we've got to be more curious about what my role is, what my partner's role is in this. Understand that you might not know exactly what it is to ask for anxious type, but every trigger speaks to a need. Every trigger speaks to a need. I'm going to help you identify that. We're going to want to do a little bit of that on Saturday. We definitely do that and reattach. Of course, we do it on one-on-ones. Every trigger speaks to a need. So you are not helpless 
in this. You are not helpless in this. I know you might be tired and you might not know the answer. I'm not saying that if you're tired, you have to go. Everybody's tired when they're ready to work on this thing. I know you're tired. This thing is exhausting to deal with. The point is not that you can't be tired. The point is, are you going to do it anyway? Are you going to drum it up? Drum it up because you exhausted leaves us very, very little to work with. You've got to have enough energy to explore the dynamic. You've got to have enough energy to change your perceptions. You've got to have enough energy to show up in session, honest and ready to go. All right. So you can be tired, but you got to do it anyway. If you choosing to be in the anxious avoidant dynamic, you going to be tired. So understand you have a choice here. If you are not willing to exert that kind of energy, it's not for everybody. If you are not willing to exert that kind of energy, get up out of there. Don't just get up out my zoom, but get up out that relationship because this dynamic takes a lot, a lot, a lot of energy to heal. Once you get on track, then we, we, we get in that we can get into more of a natural flow. And then when you jolt out, you're able to come back into your new homeostasis. But at the beginning of this thing, it takes a lot of energy to balance this dynamic out. If you don't got it, you don't have to have it, but you also shouldn't drag you or the other person along. You got, this is one of those things you've got to accept on the front end. It's going to take a lot of energy. If you don't got it, you don't need to get it. If you're willing to go ahead up and out of here and go, but don't keep blaming other people for the results in your life. Nobody's got you. You don't come to session with handcuffed to each other. You could get up out of there if you want to. So these are some things that you need to be able to accept if you're going to try to work on this thing for real. It's going to take some energy. So every trigger speaks to a need. I need you to have enough energy, enough willingness to explore what that need is. And then you're going to learn how to express it in a way. And I talk about this all the time. Express it in a way that invites collaboration with you rather than disconnection. Are we doing well so far? Y'all getting something out of this? Someone speak back. We're about to be on this for a whole nother hour. I'm going to about to cut this podcast. I'm going to exit this live and then I'm going to come back on another live because it's going to be, it's just going to be so long and I just don't want to stop. It's like, we're literally only in the first half, but, um, that's what we're going to do. Last common issue. Oh, dang. I still got, all right. Last common issue. You think they care, but let me read this. Oh, all right. I want to speak to this really quick. I said that, um, I said the thing about anxious types really wanting their person, their avoidant type to feel what it is that they feel. Okay. And I expressed that, that this is an expectation that you're going to have to adjust. I want to speak to that briefly. Okay. I'm going to reiterate first that someone can be present with you without having the same emotional experience as you. Someone can be present with you without having the same emotional experience as you. Anxious types that I understand this. I also, I feel more connected to someone who is having the same experience. I love that feeling. I love that feeling. Like when you, that's why anxious types and anxious types, like friendships are like, oh my God, you're just like drooling. Or like if you get in like one of the romantic, like if you have a romantic relationship like that, where both of you are like APs, anxious, preoccupied, like that, especially in that beginning stage of like, you just flow right into each other because, in, you know, and even when you get healthier, it's just a natural, like we are, we're often connecting people, right? So I also, we feel more connected when someone is having the same emotional experience as us. But with an avoidant type, that is not likely. That's the expectation adjustment that you have, you have to accept. That so often the avoidant type is not going to be having the same emotional experience as you. This is not them being mean. This is not someone tricking you, manipulating you in any kind of way. Someone is just not having the same experience as you. Anxious types, you've got to be aware of this um, and adjust your expectations, depersonalize it. Okay, we're going to take the sting out of that. Understanding how you can how you can help support yourself in this issue um, is that you can get into other spaces and, uh, and, and make other contacts 
okay, that do have a more similar way of connecting, that actually enjoy connecting in a more like deeply intimate way. They like deep conversations and stuff. So finding spaces and other places where you can plug into that kind of energy can be helpful. So you're not solely relying on the avoidant type to provide that for you. That's really good. All right. Um, flipping your perception, like when, when you don't get the reaction that you want, which can feel really disappointing and really like deep, De, not demoralizing maybe like it feels bad like it feels like oh like I was really excited and you're not right deflated deflated right like anxious types often feel deflated by their avoidant person and their person's like well what do you want me to do like they're giving you Courtney Kardashian <laughs> they're giving you Courtney Kardashian it's just sort of like okay so what you can do to help change your own perception of those kinds of moments, anxious types, is, and I know this is going to sound like a reach and it's not for everybody, but expressing gratitude, like when someone is present with you, when they did listen without like looking off or getting on their phone, saying like, oh, I really appreciate you listening to my day, or I really appreciate, like expressing gratitude helps to change your reaction, okay? It's not about them, like, it's not about you giving them like unnecessary brownie points. It's literally for you to change your experience of that interaction that used to be deflating. We want to flip it and make it a more like gracious moment. Does that make sense? Can you do that? Does anybody want to go gold star there? Okay, and express gratitude rather than being deflated and in want, okay? Can we see what they have done, that they were present, okay? Can we express gratitude for the presence, for the listening? Can you change your own perception of that moment? Isn't it sexy how I just recap it like that? Don't you like that? <laughs> I like it too. All right. Let's keep moving. Bottom line here, anxious types, you can't rely on avoidant types to give you um, super satisfying emotional experiences as often as you'd like. We talked about that at the beginning. If you missed it, catch the replay. Number three, third strategy. Then I'm going to cut this podcast, and then we're going to come back on on another one, okay, because this is just like an hour, and I know we're going to take like another hour probably or something. So third strategy, anxious types and the anxious avoidant dynamic, trust their commitment to you. Trust their commitment to you. We're talking about someone who is able and willing to be in a relationship that wants to be with you. Okay. So oftentimes when you have like a genuinely like mutual relationship with an anxious and avoidant person, the anxious person is often wondering, do you really like me because I don't feel it? Do you really think I'm attractive because you never say it? They're always like, they're so often questioning the other person and they're like, are you stringing me along? Is this, it doesn't feel like a lie, but why doesn't it produce the same emotional experience? Like, why aren't I feeling that kind of security that I want to feel? And so in those cases, so I'm not talking about someone who actively minimizes or dismisses the relationship. I'm talking about someone who actually verbally is and is physically present and consistent with you. But you're not, but it feels like why doesn't it why doesn't it match the emotions? You understand? Um for you, not for the other, not for the other situation where the other person really doesn't care. The person that really does care. You've got to, anxious types, you have to be the one, you have to trust their commitment to you. Okay, it might not feel the way that it's not going to look like the movies. It's not. Okay, so it's not going to feel maybe the same way that you imagine. I said, but we said if you want to be in this relationship, there are some things you just need to accept. Just like avoidant types have to accept that you're like you're you're going to be express more like deflation than they would like. They really don't want that. They, it irritates them and demoralizes them. So both people are having to deal with some things that you just really wish you didn't have to deal with. That's the nature of the game. That's why they pay me the big bucks. I'm going to be real with you. Okay. It's not really going to change that much. So we just have to manage those kinds of uncomfortable experiences when they happen and not villainize the other person. We need to see other people's behaviors as a function of their personality and their attachment, not as a reflection of who I am. That's a key for you right there. Screen record that. Listen to it every morning. Here we go. Trust their commitment to you. Um, they're consistent. They, um, they act with integrity. Okay. So like they follow through. So they're, they, they might be emotionally distant, but they are actors showing like consistent presence in the way that they do. Okay. The note on this is that avoidant attachment is not a justification. I'm going to drive this home is not a justification for character issues. 
Avoidant attachment is not a justification. It's an excuse for character issues. I'm talking about personality differences, communication style differences. I'm not talking about disrespect. I'm not talking about maliciousness. I'm not talking about manipulation. I'm not talking about controlling, dominating, overly aggressive. I'm not talking about none of it. Okay, I'm talking about personality and communication style differences that don't have to do with someone's like their actual being. Like they're not like a they're not like a of of like a I don't know. I don't want to say like a goblin person, like a gremlin. They're not like a gremlin. You know what I'm saying? Like they like they just communicate differently than you. <laughs> all right. So do we have all that? We got to go for a second. I need to get some water. Um, I'm going to put some studs in my ears since I took those other earrings out. I'm going to stop this recording. I'm going to restart this recording. We're about to we'll be back on here in like three minutes or something. OK, so just hang tight. All right, y'all. That's almost it. We have another hour to go. We're going to do the avoidance side, and then I'm going to talk about what you all need to be able to do together in order to fix, heal, rewire this dynamic, okay? This is the second passing of the offering bucket. If you heard something that you liked today, go ahead and throw five, throw ten, throw what's on your heart. The PayPal, Venmo, Cash App links are below. Um, the cash app is dollar sign take chand with a D on the end. And then out of your belly and onto the review screen, if you'd like to leave a review with sentence or two, go ahead and hit those stars, 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 stars. That's five of them. And leave that review. It is so helpful. And I also, I love to hear what you're getting out of this. So thank you for that. Thanks for everyone who has given in whatever ways that you have. For those of you that consistently give, shout out to Mandy, who has a, um, monthly give that just kind of comes through so that's really nice as you're consistently coming back and getting something out of this work i thank you for that thanks everybody for listening and i will see you uh, for the next hour the anxious avoidant couple coaching session part two coming soon